this week at www.patreon.com forward slash murder most Irish. It's episode two of MMI Drive, where Sarah Jane and Emma drive around Dublin discussing the finer points of Brazilian food and low-hanging ball bags. I'm joined on MMI Behind the Music by Emma and Sarah Jane, who ruined the aesthetic by talking about their flatulence. Want to know what brown Pamela Anderson lip liner has to do with anything? Find out with one of our many MMI Bite Size uploads. Plus, I'll be uploading some more of those songs that you wish you could listen to on on Spotify, but can't because I'm absolutely petrified of legal process. Experience all this and more for the low, low price of only six euros at www.patreon.com forward slash murder most Irish. Episode of Burner Most Irish, episode 39, I think. Is that Jesus? I don't know. I don't keep track of these things. Um, I'm the worst person to do this bit. Let me just check. Because I honestly can't remember what the fuck we're on at all, at all. At all, at all, at all. Like, no podcast to listen to today. Oh. I was sad. Nothing was. Well, I mean, Adam Buxton was up, but he keeps getting all these writers, and I'm like, mmm. Yeah, we all know they're smart. Uh, this is episode 38. 38 episode 38 38 of these fucking things and welcome to another day and another week and That's another cute. let me take a picture of that we could totally make uh hats get up and ride and boogie moving. oh you look like a pope oh you do you look like i saw a picture and she looks like a pope what is it the pope you give me what the does pope do with hands here sorry look how crazy your eyes look <laughs> 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 what does the Pope do with his hands? Anyone I've ever seen it's oh this, 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 whenever I see saints no, they the hold their hands like that. What's that's the Queen does that, right? The, the Queen Yo bitch. Leave Meghan Markle alone. Did you see that? Oh, I showed you that press release, the fake press release. The neck! Don't um, you talk about my skin. Do you know what I thought was really odd about the whole press release from the old uh, Royal Institution? I didn't see any press release. What did they say? So you know that press release you sent me oh, that yeah, was like one. edited? Yeah. That is the, like, beneath that editing is oh, the press the release. Oh, the actual press release. Um, and they said... I mean, don't listen. It's the thing that people, when you're being gaslit or when you're in a relationship with someone who is abusive mm-hmm. and you're calling people out on their bullshit... Mm-hmm. People will say this sentence. You don't remember that correct. Mm. The way you're remembering that is not how it happened. You're remembering incorrectly. Yeah. And they said um, the, mem- the memory that she has may not be what actually happened. Or the memory that she has is wrong. And we all know who it was. Prince Charles. 100%. Sure. Like. Do you know what my favourite thing is? What? Harry doesn't give a fuck. Because Charles is not his real father. No, my favourite thing was, uh, what? 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 Were you silent? Or, or were you, you, were no, you were silent? silent? Or, or were, were you, you being silenced? I love Oprah. And then she was like, what? What? Like, I feel if I was, was having in, that conversation. If I like I was in an interview with Oprah, I'd just tell loads of lies so she'd be, like, impressed by me. But someone did that one time and then she brought him back on the show and she fucking ripped him in the did, Who did that? There's an, a book guy wrote 
Let me get the name of her. If you ever get a chance to look at You know who she never brought back on her show to discredit who? massively? Who? The two people that she made most famous, Dr. Phil and Dr. Oz. The worst people. She should be held accountable for that. Uh, I love Oprah. She's a saint. This book called A Million Little Pieces by an author called James Frey. And he basically made up, he told the story that he was like a drug addict and an alcoholic. And then it came about that most of the things he wrote about actually never happened. It was all fake. And so she brought him back on the show and was like, how dare you do this to me? Well, she didn't say that, but like, that was what was implied. But yeah, I was like, oh, don't fuck with Oprah. Oh, no, don't fuck with But then she Oprah. apologized for that episode and how she reacted to it. Why? She said she just reacted. She thought she reacted badly. Pearly? Mm, she said she overreacted. But it was because she was made a holy show of. Yeah. She was like, well, remember Oprah's book club? Because you put that sticker on a, on a book and it sold millions, millions. of copies. Um, so she put that on the Oprah book club and then he got really rich out of it and then it turned out it was all lies well not all of it but a lot of it he embellished the, he embellished the truth and did he say it was a true story yeah why didn't you just say it was like fiction that's what I said because he sell more copies by saying it's true oh, okay he sell more copies by being like this happened to me this is what I'm gonna do yeah 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 although a lot of the shit that has happened to me most people say that's not true we need to do uh, we need to make up in crazy stories abducted by aliens uh, the Bucker Bailey story absolute fabrication <laughs> never met the man don't know who, do he, you is. Know who he is never heard made one. the name up and then realised it was a real person will you do my hair this weekend yeah I'll do your hair this weekend yellow stage. haired bitch I'm a fucking look at this um, anyway like how was your week like a badger I had a very uh, up and down week why Tommy I went to the doctor <sighs> and it was very frustrating <sighs> Like, it was very frustrating. Did you ring my doctor? No, you didn't. I sent them an email. Oh, good. I'll get back to you. Um, yeah, it was very frustrating. Yeah. I went to a doctor and said, here's a list. And before I said, here's a list of all the things that's wrong with me, I said this sentence. Cool. I haven't been to you in a minimum of four years. Yeah. Maximum seven. Yeah. So I'm not on your door every, every other day saying that there's shit, shit wrong with me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So let that be said. I was like, I'm also really bad at going to the doctor. Yeah, you're terrible at going to the doctor. So all of the things I'm about to give you isn't like life debilitating, but they are things that are happening to me frequently enough for me to be concerned. Yeah. And I read out. And I was prepared, right? Because usually when I do go to the doctors once every... No, because you text me and I gave you stuff to add to the list. Yeah, once every seven years. Um... And so I said, I'm going to read out my list. So I said, I have a lump in my throat. Um, I'm choking on my own spit. I have fatigue. I have mind fog. My body temperature is irregular constantly. I swell it on my legs. I want to have breast check because I think of a lump on my left leg. I've got hair loss and skin tags. My weight is like much higher than it's ever been. And I don't think... In fact, I know that I don't eat any more. In fact, I know I eat less and I, I exercise more than I ever did. I have severe pain in my hips, pelvis and lower back. I have a twitch and numbness in my fingers and I frequent urination, urination and I'm unable to hold urine. And I know that we're going to get a ton of people diagnosing me and sending us messages. No, don't diagnose um, anybody. Go to a doctor. You need to go to a doctor. And the doctor went to me. Well, why don't we just see if you can lose any weight this month? And come back to me in a month without checking anything. I know. 
and then didn't act like and I was like there's a history of thyroid problem in my family there's a history of thyroid cancer in my family yeah. I do not have a history of breast, uh, breast cancer, cancer. No. and he checked my breast and he was like there's no obvious lumps but you've got age on your side so that really put my mind at ease and then I said to him as like because he clearly was like I'm not going to do anything and come back in a month and we'll see if you've lost any weight um he then said to me I said to him what about my legs because my legs are really swollen I know they're and he was like oh we'll look at that next month and I was like and then he went to me and I won't charge you for this visit because it's not charity it's not charity because there's a chance that you may have to come back a couple of times and I was like I have health insurance and I have enough money and I haven't been here in like fucking yeah. how many years charge don't, don't, me you cunt please don't go back to him um, I'm begging you please don't go back to him because he's not doing anything it is it is literally the easy way out is to just say to somebody, oh and then he went to me are your periods regular and I went to him was it on the list oh my god oh like as if being a woman and overweight was my only problem that could be causing any of those symptoms I was like oh you're a dick old prick yeah you old you old prick bollocks you're not going back to him I will murder you if you go back to him okay I've said this on I've said this is being recorded I will murder you if you go back to him well don't mother don't mother me then men's right will do an episode this is the story of the murder of Sarah Jane Harfin. I like I like the music of Men's Rare. I do love music. It's I great. like her voice. It's she really has a soothing. Lot. It's so soothing. Although it throws me when she curses. I oh, when like, she <gasps> curses, she says that. Now she's doing ads for ball clippers, and I tell you, <laughs> fuck me out when she said it. I said, this is a classy joint. What's happening here? Yeah, she is a classy lady. She's a classy lady. Yeah. She is like well versed. No one's ever looked at me and described me in that sense as a classy lady. No, Only neither. No. no, never been described as a classy no. lady. No. Absolutely that's not. not who we are and we're fine with that I don't know sometimes I'd like to be a bit classier nah, I don't care about being classy it's yeah, misogynistic I take it all back, I, it it all back. Yeah. I, 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 I care not ridiculous who cares um, what else happened this week uh, nothing at, oh anything happened to me no painted painted more I've given up now can't do it anymore are you going to finish the rest as well yep your room looks weird it's weird there's so I much don't like it shit in it I'm like oh Where was, you where's was, all your shit I was in bed oh, <laughs> I was in bed last night and I was like I don't like this um, I like my new dressing table I just have to fix it up and do things but yeah that's all me and Collie have been doing is just painting that's it mm-hmm. we're doing nothing else and nothing's happening and I'm not vaccinated Oh, I can't go anywhere. Are any of us going to be vaccinated no. in Ireland? No. No. They're going to leave us out to the elements. Yeah. Away you go. Go and lick each yeah. other. See what happens. Yeah. At this point, we're going to be feral in we'll about six months. We'll be in lockdown for the Fly situation. Lord of the Flies. I'm going to be dead in three seconds. You're not. You're going to live. You're going to survive. Do you, you think I keep, I keep you alive? No, you wouldn't. I have, I have plans for this stuff. You'd turn on me I like, would not turn on you. You'd be like, I love you, Emma. And then you'd look at your little thing and you'd go like this. No. <laughs> um, I wouldn't turn to you. I always have plans for these weird scenarios. <laughs> no, you do. Um, for these, like, how what we're we going to survive. Grandpa's like, what if there was a zombie apocalypse? I said, well, in this house we'd be fucked, but we're going to have to go to Emma's apartment, which is in the apartment complex. And then what we do is we board up the hallway, yeah. as well as the entrance into the hallway. That's a good idea. And then we board up Emma's uh, front door. Yeah. And then we're all going to live there harmoniously uh, until we all kill each other until we run out of water oh god and then he was like but I said and also on the way over we have to bring a ladder and he was like why I was like because then we can get down off the balcony it's only one floor up this is true fucking I tell you what we'd be 
Grant. One of my biggest fears is, is walking into the kitchen at night and seeing someone standing on my balcony. That's oh, because of... Because it's easy enough to get up there. Like, you would, I'd say you'd be able to climb that. Or even get a ladder and get a, just some stuff. You wouldn't be able just to climb it. standing at my door. That's terrifying. Isn't it? That's terrifying. That scares the fuck um, out of me. You wouldn't be able to climb it. You would need a ladder. One morning I was here and uh, I was at my window and I would just woken up and my boob was really itchy. Like, it was reef and itchy. And I had like a <laughs> string vest top on me and I just opened my blind and I was like, this is my boob. And there's a man cleaning my windows. <laughs> now, he saw me when he did that thing where he was like, Oh really? Just pretend we didn't see you. <laughs> so I just pulled the blind back. In. But I was literally like this. <laughs> it was reef and itchy. You ever get it and itchy nipple? Yeah. Itchy nipple like yeah. here. <laughs> so fair place that man pretended he didn't see um, me. Oh. Yeah, he pretended. He was nice. I remember um, one night being up very late. It's before Lily, and I heard someone oh, outside in, in the, the our front garden. And I, it was like two o'clock in the morning and I pulled up the blinds. We're both up. I pulled up the blinds and all the lights turned on in the house, right? So, you know, and, but I was like right up against the glass. <laughs> oh, you like, yeah, right. So I was right up against the glass and I was like, oh, there's nothing. There's nothing. And then just to the left of my eye, I just saw a face right beside mine. Ooh. And I immediately screamed, turn off all the lights in the house <laughs> and then pull the blinds. And Graham was like, that's our neighbor, Michael. <laughs> but it is scary that's like the scary and thing so Graham went out and he was like alright Michael and he was locked oh you told me this he was he pissed he was pissed and he dropped his keys while he was trying to get into his apartment which is like attached to our house but up on the far left side of it far right side of it and he dropped his keys off he thought into the bushes in our garden and he was wandering around again <laughs> but like the thing that was scary about it wasn't that like his face represented was like, he was like low down and he was like <laughs> like a little hunchback in Notre Dame like a little, an animal yeah. in the wild <laughs> because he because I pulled up the, it's like he was just froze yeah 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 and I was like <laughs> like that and then he was locked and he'd been at the Britney Spears concert he was having the time of his life and he was like oh like and we'd never spoken <laughs> and Graham was just like that's our neighbour oh and I was God. like go out and see what the fuck he wants anyway then we had him in and he was like you're their lovely neighbours it's so nice to have me in can I use your phone to ring my sister she has my set of keys oh my and Graham God. was like are you sure you dropped your keys and he was like yeah I'm positive and then the next day Graham uh, went out and looked and he couldn't find his keys and then Michael had them in his pocket all along oh bless um, Brittany will do that to you a bit of Brit make yeah. you lose your mind um, yeah I do remember one night and it wasn't too long after that and um, me and Graham were up again really late and we we still had Bella our big dog yeah and Graham went into the bathroom to do a 75 minute shite yeah and there was someone at our front door but it was like 2 or 3 in the morning no absolutely and I went out to the door and pulled up the blinds and Bella was just like standing there like growling and the two fellas were like let me in let us in we know he's in there right and I was like but the lights were off so you couldn't see into the hall so I turned on the lights and I was like who and they were like let us in we know he's in there and they kept saying the name I can't remember now but I was like if you don't fuck off I'm gonna let the dog out and then like I just grabbed Bella by the neck and she started to like froth at them out they were like let us in let us in we know he's in there we know he's in there and they kept going on and on and I got, I don't know where I got the balls from, but I opened the front door. Jesus, Sarah. No. I know. No. Anyway, I had Bella by the neck and I was like, if you don't get the fuck out of my garden, I'm going to let this dog go. 
Um, and they were like, yeah, yeah, whatever, whatever. We know he's in there, we'll be back. Anyway, I closed the front door, locked the door, pulled down the blinds and turned off the lights. That stupid dozy cunt of a husband of mine was still sitting in the toilet having a shite. Didn't he hear any of it? He was in the hall. <laughs> well, he was in the downstairs toilet. Oh, he was in the downstairs toilet. He came out and he said to me, uh, I said... Oh. That is the most great thing I've ever heard. Yeah, right? He came out. All the lights are off in the house. I was like, there's two fellas hanging around outside. And at this point, they were hanging around underneath the steps, you know, like to the left. Oh, God, Sarah. Right, and I was like, there's two fellas hanging around outside. And he was like, oh, I didn't hear anything. I was like, my fucking bollocks, you didn't hear anything. I feel like Graham will be the type of person that somebody come into your house with a sawn off shotgun and you just start making tea in the corner. Yeah. I was like, what do you mean you didn't hear anything? And he was like, I didn't hear anything. I said, no, he heard you. I was like, you fucking lie. You heard anyone because yeah. I know you when you're mad. Yeah. He heard you. I was you. like, you fucking did hear me. Anyway, then the two of them were in the garden for like a good 10, 15 minutes and I was getting more and more annoyed. And he was like, just leave it. And I was like, no, I'm not just leaving it. So I was like opening the blinds down <laughs> in the sitting room and I was like banging on them. And I was like, you, get the fuck out. Like the two of them were looking at me. I was like, I don't give a bollocks who you're looking for. I was like, get the fuck out of my garden. Uh, then Graham was like, we'll ring the, we'll ring the guards. So we rang the guards. Guards came up. And before, when Graham was ringing the guards, I opened the window and was like, we're ringing we're the, guards. the guards. Get yeah. the fuck out of my garden. They were like, I, t- I remember them saying like, Michael. No, it wasn't Michael. Anyway, whatever the name was, they were like, we know he's in there. <laughs> and I was like, I'll be out here in a minute. Um, <laughs> but it's crazy. But you know, it's so frightening is the amount of, Times stuff like that happens and it gets more violent and it's the wrong house yeah that happens so much but the guards came and they scarpered they went but then they came back what yeah I was fit to kill Graham was like I was downstairs and I'll get a knife I was going to kill somebody I said they come into this house the law says they come into this house and they come up the stairs you can kill them I'm going to murder Alleg- them uh, that's allegedly I don't allegedly. know I made that up and Graham was like well people. I was like yeah and I, I, I remember being to him you could take another shite while I'm <laughs> while I'm saving our lives right and he was like okay do you got any housekeeping housekeeping yeah. Housekeeping. We set up a Patreon. Oh, we set up a Patreon. Thank you and for everybody. And all you people that like, oh, Jesus, you so great. She's amazing. Punch. Like, fucking hell. So many people have, start, have supported us. And, um, uh, I feel like our family feel bad for us. Your entire family are supporting <laughs> Thank you to my family. You're my really fa- again, sweet. Fair play to you, because my family couldn't give a bollocks. <laughs> Here's the thing. Nikita does. Yeah, wait, I'll tell you something, right? If my family wanted to uh, sign up to Patreon, I'd have to pay for it for them. <laughs> Hey Sarah, can you just put your so credit card? Put your credit card details in there for the Patreon. Um, um, no, but thank you, like my cousins and friends, like friends of ours, and like people that I don't have any friends other than you. Do uh, people have upset, like done it that I'm super like wow, that's amazing. So thank you to everybody. We really appreciate it. Um, our posters are on the way. They were couriered today. They'll probably be with us on Thursday because Wednesday's Patrick's Day. So. I'm excited about that. I'm excited about that. I'm really excited. Does she like handprints all of them? What? Yeah, she screen prints them. What's her name? Uh, Phoebe. Aww. Phoebe, Phoebe. She's lovely. She's an absolute sweetheart. Um, um, this thought, week was a piece of shit. This week was garbage. Oh, this man. Was, oh, this, man. This week was a piece of shit. Yeah, do you know what? You know what? That one can go on now. No, no. <laughs> if anybody doesn't know, <laughs> did you delete her from the Instagram? Uh, no, I just blocked her. Um, I <laughs> didn't know any of this was happening. Because I was in work and you sent me a text a message to me yeah. like, I don't know what to do I about this. I was shaking. I know you were. Shaking because I don't, like I said to Colin, I don't have Facebook. I don't have Twitter. I don't have any, I have Twitter, but the only reason I have Twitter is so I can message Give people. Give out to people. Go, Hello, when will this book be in stock? Yeah. I don't 
get involved in things on the internet. The only reason I have Twitter is to uh, email airlines. Email, uh, sorry. Tweet airlines. <laughs> now you call this a dinner. But Virgin airlines. But I don't, I don't argue with people on the internet. I don't get into altercations or fights on the internet. Except that time when someone said something to you and then I did. But that was the only time really that I, I would do that. Yeah. Remember that person said that thing to you. Um, so I don't do that to them. When it happened, I tried to be as neutral as possible. I know you did. I was just being really like, I'm not dogpiled. Because my thing was like, she's going to get dogpiled. And then it'll be like, oh, I went on their page and people dogpiled me. And I didn't want that to happen. But at the same time, it was like, if you go on a page of people who say we are feminists. and I'm not a feminist. How dare you? <laughs> and you make a statement like that. What do you expect? You should happen? know what's going to happen. Like she was trolling. Yeah, it's not like people are going to sit there going, "Okay," like. And then when she said I had an agenda, I was like, "Oh, I can't do this. Like, I don't have an agenda. My agenda is like to talk about the protection of women and keep women safe." Um, Why do we need protection from whom? From whom? Hmm. From the men? But um, oh, they're a great bunch. Yeah, it's been hard because Sarah, that what happened to Sarah Everard is horrible, and her family must be suffering so badly. And not yeah. only that, to lose someone and then for it to be so public. Yeah. And her And picture, start this conversation yeah, now. For like, oh my God, did you see what Davina McCall said? See that fucking rip roaring <sighs> fucking cunt. I was like, what is wrong with you? How can you take the murder of a woman and turn it into, let's be nice to men. That's not what this is about. Yeah. Stop derailing conversations about the abuses and violence towards women. Because you want to be a pick me. Yeah. That's all it is. Yeah. Like, but she, but she's always not... been a pick me. She's always been. I remember, did you see that article someone put up where she, so I think you follow her as well on Instagram. That girl put up an article where she had said that, um, Oh, you need to have she, sex with your husband? Because even if you're, even if you're not able to and you're tired, have sex with him because he'll stray. Yeah. Always wear matching underwear. Can you get fucked? Yeah. And he's still strayed. Yeah. You dumb bitch. Yeah. He still left you. Yeah. What the fuck are you talking about? It's nothing to do with any... Have sex with your husband if you're tired and unable to. Yeah. Sorry? Yeah. What? Like, what sort of 1920s archaic bullshit is that? Yeah. And she... But that, like... She what? has a, like, like, platform. Yeah. She has a platform. She has a platform of she a lot of women. Women. Yeah. Who think that she's... The sun shines out of her, her hole because she has abs. Yeah, That's her whole, saying, yeah. her whole career is I'm skinny. Yeah. I am skinny and men, I want men to like me. Which, listen. And I used to be a heroin addict. Oh. Was she? Yes. Davina McCall was a heroin addict. Fuck off. Davina McCall was a heroin addict. In I her early, early knew. career in MTV. I never knew that. Yes, she was a heroin addict, a drug addict. And there's nothing wrong with being a fucking Absolutely heroin addict. Absolutely nothing wrong with it. As long as you went and got help for him. But don't like then stand on a platform and talk shit yeah. about people. Like, like she, I don't walk late. It's so funny. She put up this thing being like, I don't walk late at night. It's just something that I don't do. And a person put under the, underneath it. So why don't you walk late at night, Davina? And she was like, oh, because I get the heebie-jeebies. She was like, no, because you're afraid of men. Yeah. That's why you don't walk. Like Sarah, when I'm walking across from your house, when I walk down to the car, yeah, like I ring Colin, I ring like, Graham. Just talk to me, yeah. Just or I have that. Um, but there was that other case, that lady, that black lady, yeah, the girl that was found in the beach. And she the, rang her boyfriend because she was terrified, yeah. and her boyfriend was like, "Just stay on the phone with me." And she was found dead. On and the she beach. was found dead, and like her case got like no, no media. Listen, not taking away from what happened to Sarah Everard, it's incredibly sad. But she is a blonde haired blue eyed white girl, yeah. So she's going to get that media attention and it's going to happen. The, the newspaper, that's how the newspapers work. That's how they become things. Regardless of that, 
rest in peace and I'm so sorry to her family and it's so horrific but to watch so many people women included and it makes me so sad take the conversation around the safety and protection of women and make it about how they're offended on yeah. behalf of men yeah what are you offended by because people are like men are doing this men are doing this men and are doing this it's like they were like not all men we're not saying all men that's not what we're saying what we're saying is men are doing this so if you're so def- defensive about this, maybe there's a reason you're defensive about it or maybe you need to have a long, hard look at yourself. That lady's name was Blessing Olesigun. Blessing Olesigun. Yeah. So and I'm, I, I'm sorry butchering her surname. No, I, I actually put that post up on I Instagram. I put it up too. And it's really to, important because... People to sign a like petition to get no, her case. Nothing. Nothing on her case. I actually tried to Google to see if I could find no, something. No, there's nothing, nothing. Nothing. So if you can sign the petition, I, it's up on our stories and I'm going to put it on our like story link thing. Yeah. You can sign a petition just to get her case reopened and looked up because there has to be something. But I don't understand how they can close a case they when just, it's not solved. They just stop. They're like if they don't have any if they don't have any evidence they can't go further if there's no new evidence to light they can't go further they just stop. We also know why they stopped. Yeah, because she's a black woman. Yeah, we also know why that she's happened. She's a woman like. of colour. But um, yeah, everything is weird. Nina calls a bunch of dicks. Oh my god! And you shocked. see that woman on our Instagram? You were so so respectful. I couldn't. I literally I was like, "See you, you fucking <laughs> Karen haircutted cunt." <laughs> don't fucking at. All men at me. Yeah. Like, what so, are you doing on this page? So and I literally was like, why are you here? I sent her a private message oh, that was you? like, why are you here? Just, why have you come to this page? Why do you follow us? Yeah. Why do you listen to our podcast? You don't. Yeah. You're trolling our page. Trolling. Yeah, she's trolling. And then she messaged one of our followers. Didn't she messaged one of our followers and sent her follower a horrific message. And I'm, I spoke to the girl that she sent it to and I apologized. Um, I blocked that girl and I reported her for targeted harassment because I was like, you can't and most every single person that spoke to her was like listen except me except you they were like listen this is not the place for this it's not a platform for this you are on a page dedicated to respect and support for women this post is that's what it's about this happens to men we're not saying men aren't this happens to men by who by men by men like it's just you can't like 97% of all women have been sexually that have been raped or sexually sexually assaulted assaulted, were by men that they knew they weren't by guys that like they were by people that they trusted that they probably went on a date with that at one point they were like this guy seems nice like that at some point someone has called a nice guy like it's devastating like that's devastating to me and then you're on a platform being like it's not all men just I don't understand. I know I'm married to a man and you're yeah, married to a man exactly, and that's like exactly like, not, exactly like, that's not the point of this conversation it's like you're talking to someone like and you're like you know it's like I have a I am dating a man yeah. Sarah is married to a man we know it's not all men the problem is it's men yeah that's the problem yeah like, yeah. that's what we're t- we're not going to sit here and have a conversation and go some men some men some men that means nothing, nothing. it's men hmm? But of course, what they hear is like they're saying all men because deep down inside they know they fucking know. Like I saw this girl posted a TikTok and she was like, you know, it's not all men. It's it, these people are like, it's not all men. It's not all men until these men have daughters and then they're like, you're not dating till you're eighteen. You're not going to yeah. any men because I know what men are like. Yeah. So then it's all men. Yeah. There's just this massive double standard. And that Sarah Everard who was murdered, the replies under the Twitter accounts that that were posting about her. I 
I'm disgusted at humanity. Like, I didn't look at them. I was... Sh- like, you think it's going to be bad, and then... For people, she's been being like, why didn't she get a taxi? Why was she murdered? Yeah. Why was she murdered? Why also, aren't you asking that question? Like, By a policeman. A policeman. By a fucking member of the police. Yeah. Who had exposed himself to her four, day pre- four days previous. She reported to the police and they did nothing and he was still on active duty. And then he murdered her. Like, what do you say? To- where We're also, right? Where do you go? Like, where do you go? Because like, go? how many incidents have you had in taxis? Oh my God. So you like this response of this response of why didn't oh. you get a taxi? Well, so, sorry, what about the women who all got taxis and were yeah. sexually assaulted by the taxi yeah. man? What about the Uber drivers uh, and the Lyft drivers who yeah. were raping and attacking women? Yeah. Um, uh, why didn't she get the bus? Well, sorry, what about all the yeah. women who get on the bus and then are followed home by men yeah. who wait for yeah. the stop that they get off yeah. by themselves? Why didn't they get the tube? What about the men that wait for women on tube and on carriages by themselves yeah. and leave them stuck with fear in the mm-hmm. corner of yeah, the carriage? absolutely. Should like, where is it safe for women? It's not safe. Nowhere is it safe. Nowhere is safe. Like, and that's the thing. When you sent me in work, and I was like, I kind of wasn't paying attention. And then when you sent me the screenshot, I was like, Who's this fuck? Like, I sent you the screenshot because I immediately was like, Oh god. Yeah, I knew. I don't want to get in a fight. fight. Yeah, like I I just didn't want to get in a fight with anybody. Because you were like, This is our like social media, and I don't want to do the wrong thing. Yeah, and I want like this to be like a place where people can come and like voice their opinions. But that's not an opinion. No, that's just hate. She was just being hate. That's not an opinion. She said not on men, and then commented on someone's weight and said something horrific. Yeah. Like she's a horrible person, yeah, like, um, and was tro- was actively trolling, yeah, actively trolling. It's just, just on know, the back of a murdered, yeah, like, person. This is very new to Sarah Jane and I. This whole thing, like, we're not, like, you know what I mean. We've gone from come for me, I'll find you on the fucking internet. <laughs> but we've we're not, like, this is the first instance of us ever being like on a public forum. Like, we're yeah. not. Our accounts are locked. Like, we're not public. We're not never on a public forum. So we're trying our best, and we're learning. <laughs> um, I just don't know. I didn't because. I said to Flavio and I was like, what do I do? And he said, just calm down. Because I was like, oh, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to say. And if I say something wrong, everybody will hate me. And then they'll think I'm like being awful to this woman. And I was. And I was trying to, anyway, just don't troll, please. So What does Flavio tell you to do? He was like, just calm down. He's like, the first thing you need to do, the last thing you need to do is start an argument with her. He's like, because that's what she's looking for. And he was right. That's yeah. exactly what she was looking for. He's yeah. like, he's trying to, she's trying to rise you. He was like, just say what you need to say. He was like, say it with respect and just move on. And that's what I did. Sarah came what did I say <laughs> I was like, I was like here. Oh, here she comes all I saw was Sarah Jane Heffern and it's commented and I was like oh here we go I said she's her lucky she's not running this page <laughs> no honestly I was going to murder her I was like this lady I don't know if she's even still if the comments are still there because I don't know well, I blocked her anyway I blocked her I oh I said agenda agenda what fucking agenda keeping women safe if you want to talk about that make if you want to talk about the make violence agenda post it post it yourself and then she wrote back the most patronizing Patronizing. I saw she started to be really condescending then she was was like like, use don't use your emotions use your words and then I private messaged her to be like if you want to see me use my emotions (laughs) (laughs) oh Um, anyway you need to remove yourself from our page I'm just I'm very sorry to that girl that she DM'd because I, I know we didn't tell her to DM her but I'm just really sorry and I, I apologise I'm sorry she DM me if uh, she upset anybody that wasn't I'm sorry so yeah it was weird it was anyway, a weird week for it was all just... the people who are listening to this that think it's acceptable to say not all men I don't care if we lose every yeah, single follower off. don't follow us don't follow us please and don't listen to us no. don't, I don't want to have anything to do with you no that's it. Um, and Emma is absolutely right if it, you're like 
those people who do have those and they're not opinions no it's not an opinion um it's just coming in to derail a conversation absolutely lucky that i'm not on instagram (laughs) I wouldn't have even sent it to Graham. See when you did that thing of being yeah. like, I'll send it to Flavio and see what he thinks. I would have went and like, if I had sent it to Graham and he disagreed with what I would do, I would he would have been in the doghouse then. <laughs> but yeah, I'm glad it got it got sorted at the end, like and I, I And I know it, that so all of our followers and the people that like are listening and people who are on our Patreon and the people all of those people I know that they are not those people no. and like the people that are replying some people are replying and I was like holy shit these girls are so smart and so eloquent so eloquent way so more smart. eloquent than me yeah like I me like, as I'm well fucking... I was like uh, I don't know goodbye like these girls were like so eloquent so smart so and trying really hard to be like and trying to make her yeah they were like we're not and make this, this safe. we're not fighting with you we're just letting you know I was, I was immediately like I'm fighting with you you want to have a fight, Melissa? Or Mel or whatever it is. Oh, anyway, it was just, I think I'm bringing it up mainly because it's the first instance of this happening and it was just very strange and odd and I didn't. And the thing about it is she was like, you just don't want people coming on onto your page with a different opinion. That's not what it was. Everybody's going to have different opinions about shit. Don't compare her page if you have a different opinion than us. She wasn't giving a different opinion. She was trying to stir the pot. Yeah, that's no, what she absolutely. Was doing. She was stirring shit and it's like, that's not a different. If someone had come on and been like, you know, I don't even know what someone could just. I think if someone had came on and said, I just, I don't know how to. I, if someone, I don't know how to make a narrative for this and not like make my child, my son yes. or my husband feel yes. like I'm attacking exactly, them. Exactly, exactly. Um, but I understand that like in terms of like statistically women and the like patriarchal yeah. society that we live in, yeah. women are not safe. No. And walk around with their keys in between their fingers. And I think, and I think and, she and kind of... It's so... I think it's... must be, if, if any woman in this world has had the experiences throughout their life where they haven't been afraid of men, I think that's amazing. And I'm fucking, fucking happy for you because that's not my experience and that's not most people I know. That's no. not their experience. So, you know, me saying, like, I've never experienced racism because I'm not a person of colour. Exactly. So me saying, well, I've never experienced that. So therefore, it's it doesn't fine exist. and doesn't exist. Yeah. That's not, that's not the way the this world works. works. Like, no. unfortunately. But yes, it was a, it was an odd week. <laughs> yeah. So These, uh, this lovely podcast that follows us and we follow them, they're called The Weekly Creep. Very good. They, um, remember that podcast I told you about, Would Not Like to Meet? Yes. I tell stories. They appeared on that today. I heard their voices and I was like, no way. And he's from Dublin and she's American. The would not like to meet guys from Dublin? No, the would not like to meet guys American. But okay. he gets guests on. Oh, okay. And they got to guests on it. And they were really good. And it was so weird because that podcast is American. So I only hear American accents. And then your man came up and he's got a real dull accent. Oh, he's really? talking about Blanchardstown. And I was like, this is deadly. And what was his story? His story was about a girl that got followed. Oh my God, this is crazy. So this girl got followed. Uh, she was cycling home. And she had this like heart condition, a heart murmur. And when she did a lot of like exercise, it, her heart would like speed up and she got really sick. But she was going home on a bike back to her apartment. She was going through the Blanchardstown Centre to go back to her apartment. And some guy was on the road and like stopped her in front of the road. And she was like, I was like, this is Sarah. She got off the bike and she was like, here, what do you want? And uh, he, she thought he was like a heroin addict. She was okay. like, he was dressed like a heroin addict. He was acting and behaving like a heroin addict. Then it turns out the guy was not a heroin addict. They found him a couple of months later and asked to come down to the guard station. He'd been pretending to be a heroin addict to get people to like stop. Because you know the way with heroin addicts, 
they're usually quite harmless. Like they're not going to do anything to you. They're out of bin. But uh, this is, had been his ruse. His stick. He'd, he'd raped like thirteen women. Yeah. Did and he she, rape her? No, he didn't get her. She got away. But she had a she had an attack because she was cycling so fast to get away from him. Oh. So she was on the bike and she like nearly fell off the bike and a woman stopped in her car and was like, "What's wrong?" And they called an ambulance. She's fine now, but he'd raped and attacked like thirteen women. So she got called down to identify him, and she identified him, and he went to jail for seven years. <gasps> Go her! Mm. But it was so so weird when you're so used to listen to a podcast that's based in America, really. And then, and then you hear someone talking with the Blanchardstown Centre, and you're like, "What the fuck?" And they're like, "What's the story, but <laughs> Yeah, but uh, fair play to you, lads. They're lovely. They're such lovely people. They really, really are. They're always messaging me. They're very, very nice. Oh. But they were on that. Very good. I think that's all then. Housekeeping on the giveaway. Housekeeping. Housekeeping on the giveaway. Uh, anything else? Uh, Colin's gonna have stuff up about what we're putting on the Patreon this week. Yes, I think we've already done it. I put it up today. Yes, I put it up today. It's all up there. It's in new posts. Also, Um, if people are on the Patreon and listen to this, like if there's something you want, yeah, tell us. Send us in information, and we're thinking about doing like a monthly Uh, AMA and ask me anything. Ask me anything. Ask me arse. I'm calling it. Ask me arse. Ask me arse. Ask me uh, arse. Yeah. So if you, there's or if there's anything else you guys can you know think who of. You can ask my whole yeah. Melissa. <laughs> ask me bollocks. Melissa's the new Karen. Um, but yeah, if there's anything, yeah, if that's a good idea, Sarah James, if there's anything you guys want, just be like, uh, send nudes. Because honestly, Colin is the driving force. Fucking hell. Behind the Patreon. You would have nothing <laughs> if it was not for Colin Boy. Um, he is the driving he force behind the Patreon and he came up with all the ideas for it and the behind the music one, which I actually... It's really good. It's so funny. It's so good. He fun. said to me today when I was walking in, he was like, I think the uh, behind the music one is gas because you and Emma are so relaxed. I was like, what do you think we're like when we're doing the actual <laughs> podcast? Yeah, I think we like sit here like... I was like we don't um, we don't know what's happening 90% of the time and uh, I was like well I actually listened to a, a bit of it today and yeah. I was like it's really funny it's really really funny yeah. um, I like the bit where he was like when he was sort of like talking about the episode and I was like I don't listen to it I, was, I have no idea what happens in this podcast <laughs> any of them um, but yeah so and my uncle's big dick episode is probably oh one gosh. of my favourite things in the whole world I died I'm really glad no one in your family listens to this apart from Nikita does anybody else? Oh, your cousin. We're in labour. Okay, that's Fran's son. <laughs> oh, he doesn't listen to it, does he? I don't He's know. He's not paying for the Patreon. Oh, jeez. Yeah, but if I didn't just know that. No, stop! Stop! Call it, cut it Jesus, I didn't know that was Fran's son. Uh, yeah, that's Fran's son. I'm um, sure he has a big Mickey too. <laughs> <laughs> like father, like son. Do you ever see that Family Guy episode where um, Peter sees what's his son's name in the show? Oh, I can't remember. Uh, and he's a large penis. No. And he's like, like does not know how to deal with it because his penis is not of the same size. <laughs> oh, Chris. That's his um, and he's like, oh, I just don't know what to do. <laughs> like, um, yeah, yeah, that's Fran. Anyway, sorry, Fran and Fran's son, who we met when Sarah was in labour. <laughs> do you remember when I had a baby? Yeah, it's not crazy. We went to see it. When did we go to see the Amy Winehouse documentary? We went to see the Fox Catcher. That's when she was bleeding. And I was in labour. She was fucking labour. I was in slow labour. Jesus Christ. And you were like, are you sure you want to go? And I was like, I'm Grant. Yeah, Sarah, you were really like, when you were when you were having it, when you were pregnant with Lily, you were like, nothing's stopping me. You know. And I was like, we can't do this. I don't know why, but I just felt like this like, 
I think because I knew slowly but surely my freedom was being taken yes, away from me. what you mean. Like I was getting closer to the gate of being like... You're like, I'm going to do everything I can do. At this point, there is there will be no freedom. In nine months, yeah. this baby's coming out. And He's all on those, the way. You know, all of those things that you like enjoy doing, they're going to be taken away from you. So I was like, nothing's stopping me. Not, like even the day when I went in, because when... Because when I was pregnant and I, I bled throughout my pregnancy yeah, yeah, yeah. and ended up in like A&E a couple of, like in the rotunda a couple of times, um, which was terrifying. And just women are so strong and so amazing. 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 Women are amazing. Um, but anyway, on like the, the week I was due, Lily, I was bleeding and I rang the hospital to be like, I'm bleeding. And they were like, well, you're due your last appointment tomorrow. And I, and so don't wait until tomorrow okay to come in and I was like Grant and I was like sure I'll go to cinema with him and I knew like when I was walking around my auntie Anne when she saw me she was like are you okay and I was like yeah and she was like when's the baby due and, and I was I like I was clueless in like it's due in like five days and she was like okay alright are you sure you're okay Where and I was like, and, I was like Where yeah, and then I was like come on we go to cinema I want four <laughs> bags of popcorn <laughs> and two massive amounts of butter yeah. I liked my at the very beginning of this podcast I was like I don't know why I'm so big Dr. <laughs> O'Shea I don't eat that much no this was back before I don't eat that much Dr. O'Shea and, no, and you were like you were like Lily. don't get butter in the popcorn because yeah. I'm horribly allergic to it and I was like yeah I won't and then you went to the toilet I and did, I got butter on the popcorn I said to the woman behind so the tail well. don't give her butter yeah and then the minute you left I was like she gave me the butter but fucking two spoonfuls butter enough for me anyway um and then when I went to the hospital the next day, they were like, why didn't you come here yesterday? And I was like, I don't know. They told me not to. Jesus And then they were like, well, this baby, they they weren't like, this baby's coming. They were like, we have to admit you. Immediately. Mm-hmm. But that day I planned to go to cinema as well. Did you? Oh, yeah. When I was going to the hospital, I brought nothing with me. <laughs> I was planning on going out with Graham. I brought nothing with me. We left the hospital and I was like, Grand, we'll do this. And then we'll, and go, then to, and then we'll go to cinema. And because he had college that night. Yeah. And I was like, then we we'll go to cinema and um, you don't have to go back to work. So we'll go do that. Yeah. And then whatever. And we got in and they were like, what did what you were having about? this baby? You need inside. to like get in. And then Graham had to go do an exam. Oh, I remember that. And it was, yeah, all, it yeah. was like his last exam in college. That's bad. Anyway, that's the story of how Lily came into the world. Hey, Pops. Hello Murder Most Irish listeners, I'm Candy Warhol. And I'm Kiki St. Clair. And we're here to let you know about our podcast, Friends of Dorothy. Now, do you like murders? Mm -hmm. Do you like Irish murders? Mm. Well, we think you're going to love our podcast because we don't talk about any of that. Here at Friends of Dorothy, we chat to our queer icons and this season we have an incredible lineup. Over the next few weeks, we'll be speaking to RuPaul's Drag Race All-Stars, Ben De La Creme and Bob the Drag Queen, musicians Sam Sparrow and Jamelia, plus stars from Derry Girls, Sabrina, Clueless and Matilda. Past guests include Rose McGowan, Sandra Bernhardt, Peaches, the Veronicas, plus an array of drag royalty. Each week, we'll also be joined by Murder Most Irish Queen Max, aka Colin, where we'll be speaking about what's making us gag and gasp in the world of queer pop culture. So join us every Tuesday over at Friends of Dorothy. Now, back to Murder Most Irish. Colin, can you fix all of this in the edit? So, I got an email. We got an email, not I, that's weird. Uh, the other day from a lovely girl called Gronya in Galway. She's a nurse, but she's in the UK as a nurse. And she sent me this story, which I remembered, I had forgotten about completely, but then when she sent it to me, I was like, oh yeah, I remember this. Um, so thank you to Gronya. She left some voicemails on our Instagram as well and I replied to her. Um, 
And I'm doing the story of the murder of Karen Buckley. I don't know this story. You will know it when I get started. So I got my information from Murder of Irish Nurse Karen Buckley documentary by Ireland Crime Wars on YouTube. It's 45 minutes long. It's actually really, really good. Uh, Barry Roach in the Irish Times. What a man. What a man. What a man. Uh, what the, up? Jobless. Yeah. Jobless. One love. Express.co.uk. Um, what? What's that? It's a newspaper. Express. I've never heard of that. Uh, Miriam Lord in the Irish Times and the lovely Mensary. Just to preface, I'm going to mention when things get a bit graphic, but this is incredibly horrible and violent and disgusting and graphic, but I'll mention when, I, when we get to that. And it's actually on topic. Like, the reason that Granny sent this to me is because she noticed the correlation between this and Sarah Everard case. And she was like, it's pretty much the exact same fucking thing what happened. So, uh, Karen Buckley was born in 1991 to her parents, John and Marion. Oh my God, she's only a baby. A baby. She was the youngest of four children and she had three older brothers. The family grew up in a small farming community. Now, I've never heard of this place in Mourne Abbey in County Cork. Yeah. Never heard of Mourne Abbey. Uh, so Karen, I like the way as Irish people, we do this thing where we have to know... Every, we there are assume, so many fucking townlands, townlands in this goddamn country. But we assume country. that we would know everywhere yeah, in Ireland. I've never heard of Mourne Abbey. Do you know the O'Moores? The O'Moores down the road there. Your yeah. man with the head. Yeah. So Karen was described as kind, smart and very devoted to her family and friends. Um, a regular to the hotel where Karen worked part-time described her as, quote, always smiling. So Karen attended St. Mary's Secondary School in Mallow and it was here that she decided on her future career as a nurse. So Karen... I think might, people who become nurses are just... Amazing. Amazing. I could... Yeah. I'm In my head, I'm like, I would never do that job. I'd be upset. Nikita's best friend, Lauren... Nikita's uh, one of her two best friends. I need to make oh, that point. Oh, oh, oh. I'm fucking starting a fight. The girls um, fighting. Don't be fighting, girls. Um... <laughs> Um, she is uh, once she's training to be a nurse and she's like a nurse's assistant mm. and she's gone back to college to do like the full woman oh my god she's just amazing I know it's such a cliche because everyone says the most underpaid underpaid underappreciated they fucking are yeah they fucking are they're amazing give them more money give them more money like Gronya's a nurse in the UK at the moment now this girl who sent me in this story I'm like she's dealing with fucking COVID every day of the week do you yeah. know what I mean like they're amazing people and then they have to get up and have and most of these nurses have like families, man. They have kids. Mm. I don't know how they do those I shifts. I don't know how they do it. I don't know how they do it. Like when Jerry passed away, the nurses in the hospital were so good. Like they were so good to Catherine. They're just amazing people. They're incredible. So Karen went on to study at the University of Limerick and earned her nursing degree. She began then from there, she began working in the Royal Alexandra Hospital in Harlow, Essex. And Karen's co-workers described her as immensely kind, very likeable and an incredibly hard worker. So she left home. She left home. She went most, which most nurses do when they graduate from Ireland, they move, they go to the UK. So Karen's co-workers described her. Oh, sorry. I already read that. Sorry. So whilst working in Essex, Karen decided she wanted to pursue occupational therapy. So in order to become an occupational therapist, Karen required a master's degree. In January 2015, she began studying in Glasgow Caledonian University. So she moved from... To Ireland, to, Ireland to Essex, from Essex to Glasgow, to Scotland. So Scotland? Scotland. Karen moved to the Garnet Hill area of Glasgow and she lived in a, on, sorry, in a flat on Hill Street with three other students. So she began making friends quite quickly and was enjoying her time in the city. So Karen and her flatmates were all new to Glasgow and being in their early 20s, wanted to explore the city's nightlife. So in the documentary uh, Murder of Irish Nurse, Karen Buckley it's called, Ireland Crime Wars is the, is the channel it was stated that this is why Karen and her friends travel to the Sanctuary Nightclub on Dumbarton Road in Glasgow West in Glasgow's West End 
So it was an ordinary Saturday night in Glasgow on the 11th of April 2015. Like only six years ago, not even six years ago. Yeah, I do remember this yeah. now. Karen and her friends were drinking and dancing in the nightclub when at 1am Karen told her friends she was going to the toilet. Now Karen did what I do. Oh, where she disappears? Yep. So Karen, so she said she was going, Karen never returned to the table. So the friends were like, she's gone to the bathroom, grammar, dancing and drinking and she just didn't come back to the table. And did anyone message her? So yeah, so Karen's friends... See, now you need to not do that, it's very dangerous. No, I text them when I leave. I always do that, I do it all the time. Whenever I go out, I'm like, I hit a point where I'm like, right, I'm not doing this anymore. So I just leave because I don't do that thing where I tell people when I leave because they're like, no, I don't know. I'm like, not go because Carla do that. Ah, Bobby, don't leave. Yeah, but I'd be like, hey, ah, Bobby, hey, can we go and get pizza? <laughs> yeah, that's why I like going places with you because like we're going to get food. Yeah, and can we go, go get home. mozzarella? And then we just fall asleep on the couch. Uh, do you want to get say tunes? And Lily's like, and you'd be like, what's wrong with me and Yeah, because it's usually four o'clock in the day. <laughs> yeah, it's like in the middle um, of the day. <laughs> I'd be like, do you want to go get say tunes? And you'd be like, can we get pizza? Be like, we get both. Yeah, <laughs> let's go. Yeah, Grand let's go. Again, um, told Dr. O'Shea, don't eat a laughing man. <laughs> Karen's friends were concerned, but thought maybe Karen was tired and decided to go home early. She had taken her bag with her but left her jacket with one of her friends. So what had happened is her friend, uh, one of her friends, the zip ripped in her dress. So Karen was wearing like a black blazer and gave it to her and was like, you keep that, cover up the zip and oh, ripped. Okay. So when she left, they were like, but she, she didn't take her jacket back. So she's probably coming back. She must have just gone to the bathroom, but she didn't come back to the table. So the next morning, Karen's flatmates became very concerned. When they entered Karen's room, she, was, she wasn't there. They tried to call her phone, but it had been turned off oh. and they could, couldn't get a reply when they texted her. They also checked Karen's social media accounts to see if she had posted, but she hadn't. And they were saying that like she was always on social media. She was always on Facebook, Instagram, and they were like, there was nothing. She hadn't updated it in a while. So her friends then made the decision to contact the police. At the point of contacting the police, Karen had not been seen for 12 hours. And this being completely out of character for Karen, her friends began to panic. The police began an immediate search for Karen because her friends were like, she does not do this and we haven't seen her for 12 hours and we can't get in contact with her. So, on the afternoon of April 12th, the Scottish police made a call to the Buckley family. They informed John and Marion that Karen had gone to a nightclub. Oh, these poor women. I couldn't imagine getting this phone call. Poor family. To a nightclub the night before and had not been seen or heard from since 1am. And they're in Ireland. Yeah, Karen's family confirmed what uh, what her friends had already told the police, that this behaviour was completely out of character for their daughter. Imagine getting that phone call. So the police retrieved CCTV footage from outside the nightclub on the night of Karen's disappearance. Karen was seen in the camera talking to a man just outside the door of the nightclub just shortly after 1am and they were seen walking away from the club. God bless the CCTV footage. I know a lot of people hate it, but Jesus Christ, they were able to find this chap just through CCTV footage. Like, um, The media began running stories about Karen's disappearance with immediacy, asking anyone who had information to come forward. Karen's parents flew from Cork to Glasgow to assist the police in their search. They also gave a press conference begging for Karen to return safely to them. They also asked the man who had been seen in the CCTV footage to come forward. Karen's parents looked absolutely devastated and expressed how much they love Karen. Like when you look at the video, her, her mother is just... You will just heartbroken. Gone. Like there's no, nothing's happening there. Like she's completely devastated. So Detective Superintendent Jim Kerr stated that the police were hopeful that the footage of Karen's bereft parents would elicit a respo- response in whoever had possibly abducted Karen. You know, the way they use like family members to be like, maybe they'll actually. Does that ever work? I don't think so. Especially not for psychopaths and sociopaths. They don't care. You know, it, unless it's someone that accidentally did it and didn't mean to do it or like, you know, was like, oh, this is not me. I, I This was, you know, and maybe they might, but most people who are like willing to do this don't care. So they the police told Karen's parents to do this press conference. However, behind the scenes, 
The police informed Karen's parents that they believe they had identified the man Karen had been talking to and he was currently being questioned by officers in Glasgow. Okay. So this man we're going to talk about was 21-year-old Alexander Pacto. I think I'm saying his name right. right? I don't really give a fuck. Pacto told police that he met Karen outside the nightclub at 1am. So after speaking to her for a little while, she agreed to go back to his flat when they had consensual sex. No, they didn't. Pacto told police that Karen had accidentally banged her head on the headboard and had cut herself. And this caused her to bleed on his bed sheets. So they're having consensual sex and she like banged her head. He told police that Karen had been totally fine when she left his flat at 4am. The police began their search of Pacto's flat. And during the forensic examination, the police took a number of swabs. The swabs were fast-tracked and Karen's blood was found in his flat. Once again, Alexander tried to explain this way by saying that Karen had bumped her head. However, the blood had been found in various parts of his flat, not just his bedroom. 20-year-old, this is, we're going to talk about this wanker now. So 21-year-old Alexander Pacto, I said, was a spoiled little rich asshole. Yes. Alexander grew up in an affluent middle-class area of Glasgow, born to a French father. Is there such a place in Glasgow? There is. There is, yeah. I'm only messing, I but, know. But Scott, I find Scottish and not Irish people are very the same. It's like two rich people in Ireland, like two rich people in Scotland. Yeah. The rest well, are just like here. That, that, uh, <laughs> that glass plant in Glasgow. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That I, I used to have to do work with. Yeah. The owner of that, like, lives in Glasgow, but he lives in, like, this quite, like, wealthy area. Oh, yeah, right, yeah. But then he showed me his house and I was like, do you? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> so, born to a French father, I'm going to butcher this name, William. And a Scottish mother, Noreen. The family were quite well off and they ran a courier company, a really, like, very well trading courier company, like it was really popular. So Pacto attended a prestigious secondary school, Clevenside Academy. The fees for the school reached upwards of £12,000 a year. What? Yep. He was described as an unremarkable student. He had a very small circle of friends and was and awkward. a tiny penis. Yep, was awkward and struggled talking to girls. When Alex was a teenager, his father's company began to struggle and Alex... Alexander, sorry, was moved to Bearston Academy, a state school. So he went from private to state. Okay. And at the age of 17, Alexander completely dropped out of school. At this point, his parents had separated. So his parents had broken up at this point because the business went. So Alexander then began a business course in a local college, but dropped out of this also. He lived in various council flats with his mother and worked odd jobs. Uh, at this time, he told people he was the MD of an online furniture store. He was 18 years old. Oh, okay, well done, Alexander. So, in 2011, Pacto moved to a flat in Doncaster Road. Do you know what I never understood? What? When people lie about what they did previously and are currently in jobs, that mean that they couldn't possibly have done that previously. Yeah. He's like, I'm work- I am work in a warehouse, but... There's so many people. But I also own a, I also own a furniture company. Yeah. <laughs> I'm the secret <laughs> boss! Yeah. So, this is from the Men's Ray podcast. A work colleague of Pacto described Alexander as, quote, a gentle giant. Okay, this guy was six foot four. He was and, a monster. And 20 stone. Uh, that he was happy-go-lucky. However, the same person... So, this person said, happy-go-lucky. Lovely chap. The same person, talking about men, said... Also described him as weird and a fantasist. Pacto would tell him that he regularly visited sex workers because he liked to be in control of them. This guy was like, absolute gent. Here, do you know what? He was a good guy, wasn't he? Yeah. Do you know what he really liked to do? And I mean, like, no judgment here, right? Because uh, he used to make me tea in the morning. <laughs> he maybe told me the odd joke. Might have been a rape joke, but still, he was a yeah. nice chap. Like. He was a nice chap. Do you know why? Because he wasn't threatening to me because yeah, I'm exactly. not a woman. So in 2011, at the age of 17, Pacto was accused of attacking a 24-year-old woman. The circumstances of this attack bear a striking resemblance of what would happen to Karen. 
Pacto approached a woman outside a nightclub on the West End offering to share a cab with her. While she and Pacto waited to hail a taxi, he dragged her into an alleyway. Fortunately, the woman was rescued by passersby. So in 2013, Pacto stood trial for this attack and attempted rape. The long delay between 2011 and 2013 was due to Pacto being, having been in a severe car crash. He was put into an induced coma for a month and he had to learn to walk again. Isn't it a shame he didn't die? Pretty, pretty much, yeah. During the trial, Pacto told the court that he was gay and that the woman had actually attacked him and he acted in self-defence. Okay, well done. The jury believed this and found Pacto not guilty and he walked away. Pacto's flatmate at the time said that he became obsessed with finding a girlfriend. So Kathleen Stewart, one of his housemates, stated, quote, We thought he was creepy. He would often talk to me and our other house female housemate about sex. He told our housemate he heard her having sex. It reached the point where she didn't want to be in the same flat with him. Sorry, what? Yep. And everyone was like, he didn't do it. Do you know, he sounds like a real happy-go-lucky guy, Just doesn't he? A gentle giant, a gentle, in fact. A gentle giant. giant. The press were covering Karen's case with rigour and due to this coverage, a man came forward who had seen pictures of Pacto on the newspapers and recognised him. He had worked with Alexander and told the police that Pacto had a storage shed in High Craigton, about four miles outside Glasgow, where he used to store fireworks. (laughs) What? (laughs) He had the shed that he stored. I don't know what this person is. It's so bizarre. He stored fireworks in the shed. Your mum was like, oh, I know him. He has like, he obviously didn't speak in a Dublin accent, but he's like, he has a, he has a storage shed up in High Craigton that he always talks about where he keeps his fireworks. He keeps his fireworks. Yep. So the police were like, grab this and anything we can get. So the police sent a search party with immediacy to High Craigton Farm. So on April 17th, the police recovered human remains on a farm in High Craigton. They believed it was the body of Karen Buckley and that evening it was confirmed to be her. Aww. The same day, Alexander Pacto is arrested at a Starbucks on the charge of the murder of Karen Buckley. So the police were watching him. They were properly watching him because they found him in Starbucks. So Karen's family returned to Cork after receiving the horrific news. Due to the desecration of Karen's remains, Karen's mother and father were unable to view her body and were not able to say goodbye to their only daughter. This motherfucker. Like, her body was so badly destroyed that they couldn't. There was a closed coffin and everything. They couldn't look at her. So before leaving Glasgow, John and Marion joined hundreds of mourners at a vigil for Karen in Glasgow city centre. A piper played as mourners lay flowers and others sang Scottish and Irish songs. There was then a minute silence for Karen in George Square. I thought that was lovely. Scottish people are, they're the shit, man. Scottish people are they awesome. Are awesome. I've never met a Scottish person that I didn't daddy. have good yeah. time with. They're the, they're, I think Scottish people and Irish people have an affinity for each other anyway. I think they're There's very similar. There's a fella from when we lived in Spain and I only know him as Scottish Sean. <laughs> and um, one day I came home from school. So my parents like made friends with him. They only knew him as Scottish Sean. Yeah. And then about two years later after we came back from Spain, I came home and he was just on the sofa in our house. And you were like, all right. And I was like, what story? And then he lived with us for like four months. Was he nice? I couldn't understand anything he said. <laughs> he that really thick. Oh, yeah. Because yeah. some Scottish people, you're like, yeah, it's fine. And then everybody's like, whoa. No, he was lovely. He used to, he drove. Um, and he used to drive me around and we go to shops and whatever. Yeah. But he'd only drive me around or like rich around so we could like translate in the shops. Because <laughs> I like, no, could understand what he said. <laughs> After a period of time, I got used to him and I could understand him. But yeah, no, he was really nice and he was really funny. Yeah, he I just look, naturally funny. I, like Scottish Twitter. Sometimes I just go and Google Scottish Twitter because it's like the that fucking funniest guy. He's gas. 
gas. They don't. They know what it is. They don't give a fuck. That's what it is. They There's just, no airs and graces. Yeah, they're like, them. I don't give a fuck. Yeah. So, the day that uh, this happened in Glasgow city centre, Alex Alexander Pacto was finally charged with Karen Buckley's murder. So he was arrested on the suspicion, and then that day he was charged. So the police interviewed Pacto again to try and figure out what exactly had happened to Karen. They described him as calm during his interviews and he, reco- he requested copies of each of his statements. Pacto actually told somebody at the station that he really enjoyed the interview process with the police. Fucking psychopath. So each time he was interviewed, which was a total of four times, he told the police a different story. The first story being the original story that he and Karen had consensual sex. The second story was that Karen had attacked him out of the blue and it was self-defense. Doesn't that sound like that Sounds time where like he attacked that girl in the alleyway and said it was self-defense? Yeah. It's almost like there's a pattern. Mm. The third and fourth stories, he told, contradicted the previous two. So they were all different. He just kept telling different stories. So in August 2015, Pacto's trial was to begin. He entered a plea of guilty, much to the shock and relief of both the police and Karen's family, because it's very rare that suspects will enter a plea of guilty immediately. They'll go through a whole trial before they'll actually be like, I didn't do this. So on August 11th, Pacto appeared in court and pled guilty to the murder of Karen Buckley. It was during the court case that the horrific details of what happened to Karen were relieved. So this is what happened. So Alexander Pacto drove to Sanctuary Nightclub on April 11th. He had already been drink, already been drinking, but decided to drive anyway, which might explain the fucking car crash that he had a couple of years previously. He's drink driving. He's drink driving, yeah, of course he was. So at 1am, Karen left the club and as she crossed the road, Pacto stopped her. So it's important to note that Karen did not know Alexander Pacto and had not met him before this night. So she was just walking across the road, obviously, to go home, like I would do, and he he stopped her. On the CCTV footage, it shows Pacto walking back and forth outside the club for a little while. Totally stalker. The police stated that there was no closeness or affection or flirtation between Pacto and Karen. Like they weren't being like, like they weren't doing that. They walked a distance apart as they walked to Alexander's car. The police believe Karen thought she was getting a lift home with Pacto. What I thought, probably totally wrong, is what he was doing. Potentially, I don't know, I could be making this up. You know the way when you ring a taxi? Was waiting for it to say, I'm your taxi. Are you waiting for a taxi? Yeah. Yeah, it's me. That's what I thought he was doing. Because that, because they said she was not flirting with him. She was not being like, oh my God, let's go back to your house. She just was like, okay, yeah, and walked over to his car. So I, I thought maybe he was pretending to be a taxi driver. Could be wrong. Don't know. They never said. Pacto drove towards Karen's flat. So he started driving towards Karen's flat for about five, five minutes, then turned the car in the direction of his own flat. Oh no. Between 1.15am and 1.35pm, p.m., a, sorry, a.m., the police believe that Karen Buckley was murdered. So within 20 minutes, she was dead. So, detectives identified Pacto's grey Ford Focus on Kelvin Way at 1.06am on April 12th. He spent 12 minutes and 46 seconds there before the car travelled back along the same road. So he stopped. He stopped for 12 minutes. The police believe that it was during these 12 minutes that Pacto murdered Karen in his car. The court heard that Pacto grabbed Karen by the neck in an attempt to choke her. And when this did not work, he took out a 30 centimetre spanner from his glove compartment and repeatedly over 15 times struck Karen over the head with the object. Karen suffered a subdural hematoma and this was ultimately the cause of her death. Oh, like Pacto then drove around for some time before heading back to Dalsham Park where he threw Karen's handbag near a rubbish bin. The bag was found the next day by a member of the public. So the police were able to stop, establish from CCTV footage that Pacto arrived back to his flat at 2am. He then went into his flat, got a sheet and wrapped Karen's body in it. He then brought Karen's body upstairs and put it on his bed. 
Pacto then got into bed and slept until 8am the next morning. Oh. With a dead girl in the bed beside him. Oh my God. Not a bother on him. Oh. So according to criminologist Mairead Tag, Pacto's behaviour was one of a person who felt no remorse, guilt or empathy for what he had done. That he did not see Karen as a human being, but rather as something to dispose of. Mairead stated, quote, he killed her before any aspect of her as a person had been known to him. He completely depersonalised her. He had met her five minutes beforehand and within 20 minutes had murdered her. Jesus. When Pacto woke up at a.m. bright as anything... He looked up the properties of sodium hydroxide or caustic soda on his phone. He then locked Karen's body in his bedroom, got in his car, drove to B&Q on Crow Road at 9.42am. It was here he purchased six litres of caustic soda. He also bought a mask and gloves before driving to pound stretchers and buying even more caustic soda. Pacto arrived back to his flat, removed Karen's clothes and put her in the body, put her body in the bath which he had filled with caustic soda. Police established the Pacto had texted a housemate to ask him what time he would return to the flat and his housemate told him 8pm. Alexander began trying to speed up the dissolution of Karen's body. Okay, so this is very graphic. This next part is very, very graphic. It's disgusting. Please skip if you need to skip. Give you a couple seconds. Okay. Pacto got a knife and cut an incision from Karen's sternum down to her abdomen before submerging her again. He wanted the caustic uh, soda to absorb quicker and destroy her internal organs to speed up the dissolution. Her poor family. Her poor family. Horrific. They were sitting in the court listening to this. About their daughter. At 5pm, he drained the bath and brought Karen's body back to the room where he kept her until 11.19pm that following day. The previous day, Pacto had also purchased a 220 litre blue plastic barrel. He then placed Karen's body in it. On Monday, once again through CCTV police, uh, CCTV police tracked Pacto's movements and could identify him buying white spirits, a lighter, cleaning cloths, a padlock, and more caustic soda. At ten forty-one a.m. on Monday, Pacto drove to High Creighton Farm. It was there he burned the blood-stained mattress where he placed Karen, along with a duvet and Karen's clothes. A neighbor told police that he'd spotted Pacto struggling with a blue barrel at two a.m. on Monday whilst trying to get it into his car. If you saw someone at two a.m. in the morning, I would absolutely call the police. One hundred percent, I would call the police. And that guy's a fucking weirdo, anyway. And everyone on the street knew it. So he drove back to High Creighton and placed the barrel into the storage unit uh, that he had rented. He then locked the door with padlocks. So he put put the barrel in there. At 6pm, the police had already identified Pacto from the registration on his car. So they already had him. They went to his house. The police found Pacto in his room scrubbing the carpet and the room stank of bleach. Oh. Yeah. And he had, there's a picture online of his bed frame. You know, he burned the original mattress and he bought this like single mattress and put it on a double mattress bed frame. And they were like, why have you, why is your mattress not fitting on your bed? Uh, You're a fucking st- idiot. I'm a stupid cunt. Pacto told the police he had been expecting them and had intended to contact them later that day. He told police he knew they would be looking for him as he had seen Karen the night that she died. He tried to be like a dutiful citizen. Due to the tip-off from the person who had worked with Pacto, the police had found Karen's body in the storage unit. So at 8pm on Wednesday, the barrel was opened and Karen's naked body was found submerged in caustic acid. When police dusted for fingerprints, fingerprints, they found Pacto's prints all over the blue barrel. Pacto then been arrested. He didn't even wear gloves when he was doing it. Stupid and evil, but stupid. So the police took away Pacto's car for forensic examination. They found traces of Karen's blood, as well as mud from the farm and the wheels of the car. 
a cadaver dog was also gave a positive response to Pacto's car. So there had been a dead body in the car. So Pacto spoke to the police and finally admitted to the murder of Karen because he had nowhere to go look. From Barry Roach in the Irish Times, Pacto was handed over to the Crown Prosecutor on the afternoon of Thursday, April 16th and was formally charged with the murder of Karen Buckley when he appeared at Glasgow Sheriff's, Glasgow Sheriff's Court the following day. So that's end quote. So the woman that Pacto had attempted to rape in 2011 wrote a letter to the Scottish Secretary Kenny McCaskill in 2013 when Pacto had been acquitted in which she pleaded with him to help her, quote, stop him from doing this or worse to another woman. Oh my gosh. She stated in the letter, I dread to think what he may be, may be capable of doing to others in the future. I cannot sit back and do nothing. So the question needs to be asked that if Pacto had been found guilty of it for this attempted attack, could Star Karen still be alive today? Isn't she so strong? So strong. So on September 18th, Pacto appeared back in front of the court. The judge noted that Pacto was a liar, that he continued to attempt to conceal his crime, even though he knew the distress Karen's family were experiencing. She also said she did not believe Pacto covered up the crime out of panic. He went to bed, slept for six hours, and then methodically disposed of Karen's body over a number of days. It wasn't like he did in a couple of hours. It took days for him to do it like... The judge stated that Pacto showed no remorse. The judge described Pacto as callous and cal- calculating. Pacto was handed down a life sentence for the murder of Karen Buckley with a minimum of 25 years to be served. So after the 25 years, he can appeal, but doesn't necessarily mean he's going to get out. Pacto did not re- react to any of this judgment. <coughs> Karen's family sat in court as a six foot four Alexander Pacto, who had murdered their only daughter, showed no, no remorse. Karen's lovely father gave a victim impact stating outside the court. So I'm just going to read some of it. So coming back to Glasgow where our beautiful daughter, sister was brutally murdered is incredibly difficult for all of us. It's every parent's worst nightmare. As we now know, when we got that phone call, Karen was missing in Glasgow and her phone had gone dead. We went over, waited, hoped and prayed day and night for her safe return, only to, to be told she had been murdered. We were devastated. When Karen's body was released a week later, we went back to Glasgow as a family and brought her to her home in Moorn Abbey. It was a very special night as we were all together again under one roof where Karen and her three brothers had grown up. Two days later after the funeral mass, our three sons and I lowered Karen's coffee into her grave, her final resting place. What a waste of a young life. It just seems unreal. So her poor father is just like absolutely devastated. He said, she is not suffering now. She's in her new home in heaven. We miss her terribly. That's just so sad. Horrific. So Karen Buckley was laid to rest in Annalitha County Cork. A group of nurses stepped from the crowd and formed two lines on either side of the hearse. It was a bitterly cold, wet April day, but they stood unflinchingly in their short-sleeved tunics. The community gathered inside and outside the church in complete bewilderment and shock at the death and murder of this 24-year-old girl, a kind, caring, loving person whose life was so brutally ripped from her and for no reason. Siobhan Leahy, Karen's cousin, read a poem for Karen. It read, quote, Small and gentle, honest and true, our sister Karen, how much we will miss you. A smile to lift lift a thousand hearts, brown eyes shining big and round. A country girl, big hopes, big plans, big heart, big smile and caring hands. We love you, Karen. That's all that. Okay, so I'm going to go on a bit of a rant. Go for it. Just because of what happened. So I just wanted to talk about Pacto for a moment, as this sort of crime against women is pretty much an epidemic. So some people during this case stated they couldn't understand how a man who came from a wealthy middle-class a privately educated background commits such an act as if violent misogyny only belongs to poor people. He looks like Uncle Fester. He does. Um, her warning signs are blatantly ignored due to latent 
classism. Pactu's rape charge was dropped in part because a jury looked at a well-dressed, wealthy teenager and thought how on earth a boy uh, with this type of upbringing commits such an act or any crime. Hmm. It's actually a really, on that documentary, there's a lady that works for a rape crisis centre and she talks about it and it's actually very, very touching the way she talks about it. She was like, she's not shocked by any of this and she's not shocked that he was freed because... Because of where he comes from and because he comes from money. Yeah. Although he doesn't come from money, he's living in a council flat. You know, he came for money. So in the documentary that I just mentioned, uh, criminologist Marie Tag, who's amazing, stated that there were in fact many worrying signs. Pacto had a, a disturbing fascination with pornography, which is a massive fucking yeah, red right. flag, just FYI. He had no healthy relationships with woman, with any women and his only obsession was having a girlfriend as he believed he deserved one. Um, bah, bah, bah. Oh yeah, this comment about using sex workers as a means of control and also stating to a fellow co-worker that he would love to, to, to attack a woman. What? Yep. He said... And they were like, the bats. He said to somebody, I'd love, I'd love to, to I'd love, attack somebody. And he'd love to commit the perfect crime, he said to another one. So the, and is this before or after before, the alleged... Well, before, like, it would have been just... Because he did this in 2011. No, but this is after he uh, assaulted <clears throat> that yeah, other woman. Yeah. And people were like, you were up on... They were like, scrunched. But you were found not guilty. Yeah. So the police state in the documentary that how were they to know that uh, Pacto would do this, just attack a a stranger. But Pacto did this before. He attacked a stranger and walked away scot-free. Yeah. They were like, how were we to know? Regardless of how Pacto grew up, I've really sore throat. (coughs) He is still, as John O'Keefe, criminologist states, a psychopath with an antisocial personality disorder and is likely to become violent and continue being violent. People still continue to say they have no idea why Pacto murdered Karen, but we know women know. Violent hatred of women for simply existing and not providing men control at every avenue is why he murdered Karen. Karen was his target not because of who she was, but because she was a woman. Yeah. And that is the horrific case of the murder of Karen Buckley, a 24-year-old... The 24-year-old, 24-year-old who was leaving a nightclub to go home yeah. who came across a man who was i nearly sure he was like did you order a taxi? Yeah. Then you think about it she was leaving she probably rang a taxi and he, he was probably like because the first lady that he attacked how he attacked her is he approached her and went you want to get a taxi together I live close to you and she was like okay. So that was that was how I he did it the first is, I don't think anyone has ever said to me do you want to share a taxi? No I don't think anybody men ever speak to me because they know I look like it's stabbing yeah. me in the face so like Do you want to share a taxi? Do you want to share this? A bag of fives. My mother would say smell dead men off that. Smell dead men smell off dead that. Smell dead men off that. <laughs> but yeah um, Oh what a sad case yeah. and what are, do you know what's sad about it? Is this not uncommon? No. That's the thing like the WHO released uh, an article a while ago just stating the violence against women and how frequent and normalized it's become. And like there's people, women that are in relationships with men who think that being verbally abused every single day of their life is not abuse. Mm. They think it's, that's fine that he just called me a stupid cunt and uh, kicked me downstairs. That's grand. That's normal. But like, it, it's just, it's, it's insidious. Oh, it's in oh, every, it's in everything, every part of yeah. society. It's in pornography. Yeah. It's in like look at the genres of pornography yeah. that exist. Look at the genres of pornography that are most popular in certain mm-hmm. parts of the world, like those ones that are like the like fetish yeah. ones that are like 
Like, that's... I know, I've never watched them and been like, oh man, I'm so turned on. I've watched no. them and been like, is that girl okay? Yeah. Like, I think the thing about BDSM is that's, it's literally, it's a fetish and it's a kink and I understand that. But you do have to take a step back and but think But there's a line on yeah. those, right? So there's like that BDSM where it's like, I've seen the ones where it's like the tortury ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you're like... I just think you have to take a step back and look at something that is, its main goal is to hurt women. Yeah. If your main goal in life is to hurt women. And I know that it happens like on the other side. So I know that, that like there are men in those scenarios. Yeah. But like... It's not as frequent no, not as... It's not at all. Like, it's this kind of thing. So we talked about this before. Those girls on TikTok being, like, told that they're they're vanilla if they're not letting their boyfriend slap them during sex yeah. or choke them during sex. And, like, these girls putting up stories of how, like, their boyfriends are having sex with them and they start to bleed and they just let them continue because they want to, want to want them to finish. Yeah. What? No. It's like... And, like... But it, it starts, like, it's in... And that's the thing where it's, like, oh, in everything. Sorry, it's that thing. It's, like, when... This sentence... This sentence of... Is that buzzing? Nope, go on. Uh, oh, is he mean to you? That means he likes you. Yeah. We say that to children. We, we tell little girls. We say little girls. That of, if he of, pinches of, you or hits are mean you, to you, in he the likes yard. you. Oh, that means he likes you. Sorry, what? No, no it doesn't. No, it doesn't. It means... And what you're doing is setting up... Yeah. That a this child. Is, this is how... But it's like what negging is. Like that negging thing that... I don't know what like, that is. So the negging came from these oh, like, pickup those, artists those where they people. like insult you. To make you like them, but is that like, like the they thing where they you? They'd be like, "Oh, they'll just they'd come up to you in a bar and be like, just be like insult you, like make comment about like what you're wearing or you know that hat's a look like, and that's meant to make you like them because they think that women are so fucked that they want to be like punished and abused. That's how they want to be treated, and that's how they that's what attraction is to them. So these pickup artists who I hope die in a fire, um, do this thing that they call negging. So you go up and you just, like, you go up and you go, hey, and then you chat to her and then you just drop subtle little insults in and she's meant to go, Because I remember... Take uh, off your pants, When Brad. I was a teenager being at a house party and this guy coming in that was, like, much older than everybody. And, and I wasn't... I wasn't with him. Take it off and set it on fire. Burn the brass! And I remember him telling, like, a group of lads that we were with how he, like, chatted up women. And I remember just being like, this is so wrong. Yeah. But essentially his strategy was he would go out with like a group of friends and they would agree in terms of like the terms of what they were going to do. And he would have one of his friends go up and be mean to her. And then he'd step in like, and then he'd step in and be like, what the fuck is your problem? Give it up. And like, I'm really sorry about that. And you don't need to be going through this. That guy's a jerk. And that guy's a jerk. And it's like, like, and I remember being at this party and being like, what's wrong with yeah. you? And all of them being like, oh. and I was like, that's abuse. That's you horrific. are you're as equally starting a part off, yeah. of like that insult of that you fight. You this. Of that argument because you had this conversation yeah. where you were like, oh, I like her. She's really attractive. Yeah. I know nothing about her, but the only thing I'm interested in is how attractive yeah. she is. So you go up and be mean to her and start a fight. And it's like, What? There's like uh, Michaela Cole's show I will, I will Destroy You that's what it's called isn't it? Anyway uh, there's this part in it with her, where her best friend has a threesome with these two guys she meets in a club but the two guys pretend that they don't know each other. Yeah I've had that happen. Yeah so they pretend that they don't know each other and then they bring her home and then they have sex with her and then when they're leaving she kind of is like oh my god they knew each other they planned yeah. this entire thing yeah. and she immediately feels violated. Mm-hmm. The whole That whole show is about different ideas of what violation are and how they are you think they're not because you're like well that's not it but it is. Yeah. But just when I watched that, I was like, fuck, man, that's yeah. that's messed up. Yeah. And men don't think that's messed up. No. They think that's fine. 
Because they think that's consent. Oh, you know, they think that's consent because you went home. Yeah, they think that's consent. you're like, hang on for a second. Consent is when I know the full story. Yeah. Not the bit that you're willing to share with me. Just FYI as well. Sex is not a human right. No. Sex is not a human right. Air, water, health, that's human rights. Sex is not a human right. You don't owe sex to men. And I just wish people would understand that. They are not going to die if they don't have sex. No. They will be fine. They'll buy a fleshlight and away they go. And a power washer. And a power washer <laughs> to wash the fleshlight. That's what they'll do. Um, um, but yeah. Yeah, it's been a really tough... It's been a tough week, lads. Um, in terms of like... I'm very angry. I was very angry when I was researching the story. I was very angry when I was typing it. I was very angry and I was like, God. And you know the worst thing is that only happened six years ago. Those people are still reeling from this. They're never not real. They're never not real. Older. Like... It's like her, 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 uh, her father collected her degree uh, at the Caledonian University for her because she was murdered before she could collect her degree. Like, so they gave her an honorary degree, and her dad went and collected it. Just devastating. Like. How do you like? I just don't understand how these parents—they're just so strong and amazing. Because how do you get up and do that? I, I won't be able to go yeah. and do that. Like it just. I would be. I know that I would be bitter and resentful for the rest of my yeah. life. How would you like? And not only that, right? Imagine that happening to your daughter, and then you. These just, people are so so incredibly strong, but just so like passionate and strong, and like I know that you have to see the like good in the world because, like, if you didn't after this happening, then how would you keep going? It's very hard, though, isn't it? But it's like to, to be on the outside and not to be a parent, not to be the parent of that child, and to know that this like father is going to collect yeah. his. Daughter's, daughter's degree silly. because and, some scumbag and he and I just when the police were like you know how are we supposed to know well he, it was a pattern yeah he he tried to attack that girl and then it escalated to, to Karen and he didn't assault sexually assault her there was nothing he didn't he rape just her to kill her he just wanted to kill her he wanted to kill a woman it didn't matter what woman it was he wanted to murder a woman so that's what we say that's not you know when people say not all men that's mm-hmm. what we mean when we say men I uh, watched this um, thing on BBC the other night about this girl who was um, murdered by her ex-boyfriend and um, they'd start to go out and they're like in the beginning he did that thing where which all abusers do where they uh, like love love bomb, love bomb. Yeah. and then slowly but surely she started to like move away from her friends she started to dress differently. All the standard, like, key All the red signs. flags yeah. of, like, this is, like, going to turn into something. So, her parents were kind of like, you know, this isn't healthy and, like, you haven't got any friends anymore. And then he started to decide what she could wear and what she couldn't wear. And and then she was, like, saw the symptoms of it and was like, oh, no, you was right. I have to get away from this kind of thing. So, she broke up with him. And she, like, was like... Got away from him and he wouldn't leave her alone. He messaged her constantly. He broke into her Facebook. He put spyware on her phone. Like, he, like, then would send her messages constantly saying that he loved her. Then he, um, started to show, and she, at the very beginning, she reported all of that to the police. Right. So she was like, This is happening. And the, all of the conversations are recorded because she did it through like the police welfare line. Oh. And they played the recordings back and she did everything she, she was, was meant supposed to do. To do. Yeah. And she said, 
she told her family what was happening and um her brother in particular was like in her flat and like with her and she shared a flat with, with her like with roommates yeah. And he, she was like, oh, I can't remember what she said the chap's name was, but she was like, oh, maybe he's just going to kill me. Like in a passing comment, and the brother was like, ha yeah. And she was like, then, and she lived on a ground floor flat. Um, She calls again, and she says that he, she heard something at her window. Oh. And she opened her window, and he was there. And he had a box of chocolates and flowers, and he just left them on her windowsill and put his hands up and walked backwards. And she immediately rang, and she had a barring order against him. She immediately rang the um, welfare line and was like, and they were just like, it was almost because he was bringing her flowers that it didn't matter. That they were almost like, oh, he's just bringing you flowers. Yeah, and she was like, I, oh, I just don't know what to do and I'm kind of at a loss and like, he's not supposed to be near me and uh, that was, but then she came home from work and he was waiting for her and he slit her throat. Oh my god. And her roommate comes in and finds her in her bathroom and rings 999 and you hear the call and she says on the call her boyfriend's a psychopath. Her boy... She doesn't even know her boyfriend's there. She doesn't... She doesn't know any of this like that he has been there. She's like her boyfriend is a psychopath and then she starts to scream that she's dead. And her family were so strong and so reserved and so just like not me and not they were just like do all of the things you're supposed to do get help but like at the same time it doesn't matter it didn't matter because she was dead um, and then it turned out that he had done this before. He hadn't killed someone. Oh, it's But it's he a had it's a done this before. Yeah. And and then and so the the family were like, when we when she called the police and said his name and gave the report and he was then a barring order was put against him. Why wasn't the history of what he'd done previously looked into? And why was this treated as if it was just like, oh well. But yeah, yeah just, I know I know just I know. Don't be did. awful. Um anyway. That's the end of this week's episode. Emma's a man-hating bitch. Um, fair play to you. I'm going to get a t-shirt I love that says... Them. I think they're great. I think they've done so much for society. I think I wouldn't have as much as I had I if it wasn't want, for I just a man. Think it's, I do think it's a crime that I'm a heterosexual. Uh, you said to me something the other day and it just made me laugh so that much. That heterosexuality is a mental illness. That heterosexuality is a mental illness. And mental should be illness. treated as such. Yeah. We need help. Yeah. All of us. <laughs> Extreme amounts of help. Like every now and again, a man will say something, and I'm like, I cannot believe I'm attracted to this. Like it's like a sick joke. Yeah. Where it's, you know, evolution was like. Yeah, I can't which, believe. Sometimes with Graham in particular, right? Graham, yesterday, Mother's Day, he said, "What would you like for dinner?" I said, "I don't mind what I want for dinner." He said, "I think I'm going to make roast lamb." I oh, said, nice. "That sounds nice." I don't nice. like lamb, but I know you like I it. I said, "That sounds delicious." He said, "Okay, I make roast lamb, parsnips, carrots, ma- mushy pea." Ma- uh, Roast potatoes and mushy peas. Nice. I said, I don't want mushy peas. I'd like spinach. He said, okay, when I go to the shop, I will get all of those things. Graham came back with an extra large <laughs> tin of mushy peas. <laughs> like, not like... Because he heard mushy peas. Yeah, right? <laughs> and not like, not even... And I said to him, "I'm one, I don't want mushy peas. And I said, I don't want mushy peas. And he was like, oh yeah. And I was like, and two... There's Extra only large. two of us. Extra large. Lily doesn't eat peas. Like, I mean, a family size. You know those like, <laughs> yes, extra large family that. size tin of mushy he peas? He was bulked by a mushy peas. And he was like, I like mushy peas. I was like, yeah, I know you do. And that's great. And I like them too, but I just didn't want them with my dinner. I wanted spinach. And I was Did like, you get oh. your spinach? Yeah, he went back out and got Good. it. Um, but that's only because I went off on one. 
Because that was like the fourth thing in a <laughs> row on a list of things that I was like, do this, this and this and get me this. And, and he then he like, come back. He was like, peace. Um, <laughs> I read, a, I read a, a thing the other day. I think it was on Instagram where this woman was talking about how she had gone to a hospital to visit her friend like two years ago when she had a baby. And she said when she was in the ward with all the women, all she could hear was women on the phones to their husbands. Telling them what to do. Telling them how to run a household and mind their own children. Mm -hmm. She was like, women are doing labor whilst in labor. Mm -hmm. And I was like, it is a crime that I am attracted to men. Like, it's an actual crime. Like, I can't... And it's so funny because when I was single, people, I know, especially my family, would have been like, oh, you're not looking for some... No! I'm not looking for a man. I don't want men. No man in my house. Uh. As Whoopi Goldberg does, people say to Whoopi Goldberg, why, did you get, why didn't you get married? Because I don't want a man in my house. And I was like, yes, that's ex- <laughs> literally, that's it. I don't want a man in, she in my house. She married Ted Danson, right? Oh, no, she was, no, she was having an affair with Ted Danson. Oh. She was boning he was boning her. Who was, he, was, boning. Who was so he married to? He was to? married to somebody else before Mary. And he was uh, banging Whoopi. And Whoopee. then he was banging Whoopi. 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 You know that's yeah. not her name. No. And I only, re- I only discovered that very recently. Yeah. Um, I love Whoopi. I love Whoopi too. I love Whoopi. And do you know who else can get fucked this week? <laughs> Sharon fucking Osborne. Oh, what did she do? I came know. out and was like, my per- friend Pierce Morgan's not a racist and I know ah, him. Ah, Sharon, give it up. And I know him. And like, he's not a racist and I wouldn't believe Meghan Markle either and everybody forgot that sentence and just went into, oh, she likes Pierce fucking, what's his so, name? Now, what was the point of her doing that? Oh, she, when I say like, Pete, those women in the fucking stupid show she does I don't know what it's called oh, four v- women having a moan no, actually that's what we should call this four podcast four women having a moan <laughs> four women having a fucking wage <laughs> um, about things like are you summer body ready <laughs> do you find that your cup of tea gets cold really quick oh my god do you know what really grinds my gears beds for dogs <laughs> like shit like so that she came out and was like she came out my and was friend. like Pierce is my friend and I know he's not a racist and he's been my friend for many years and I wouldn't believe Meghan Markle also Uh, and then like a ream of other bullshit and then this other woman on The View was like you were wrong he is a racist and what he he is is doing is essentially on a at a time where mental health is at its worst because of COVID essentially gaslighting a woman who said I was suicidal my husband couldn't leave me alone. And when I went to the monarchy and said, I'm, I'm suicidal yeah. and I'm sick, they said, well, it would be really bad for us if you went and got help. Jesus. Because everybody else, like all those fucking monarchists and those other cunts that have come out, like that fucking butler that used to be friends with Diana, that oh, just made yeah, a fucking yeah. name He's for himself, idiot. leeching off that yeah. dead woman's life, was like, well, you know, I worked in the institution and like, we, she, ha- she has access to go. Yes, sir, you are a white man. Yeah, she has access to go out and get help. Does she? Does she? Does she? Sir, you are a white man. Like, you are a white man. And then he was like, I just don't know I had to be done this way. What other way was it to be done? Fuck, they Fuck every single one out. of them. Fuck but them. anyway, she came out and was like, I think, and then she was like, obviously immediately her PR team were like, you just tanked your career. Because like Oprah Winfrey just came out and backed that woman and Oprah Winfrey's a fucking saint. You yeah. stupid white fucking idiot. Why did she do that? Oh. Who asked her to do that? I didn't see her fucking purple hair come to the door. What did didn't open her fucking mouth. Yeah, of course she didn't. No, of course she didn't. Um, but it's on saying Black Lives Matter and yeah, all this nonsense. Yeah, 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 yeah. But not if uh, your mother not says... Not if Mammy is on the television yeah. telling... Uh, I'm sure there's a, there's a black woman on that panel. Yeah, and it? a black woman on the panel went nuts. Oh, she was fucking dead. Yeah, right she was like, us. no, you're wrong, Sharon. Like, you're absolutely wrong. And then Sharon was like, oh, I made a boo-boo. You know something? People got way too comfortable with liking that Crown TV show. I found... 
when that show came out yeah, everyone was like the, super into the, the monarchy royals. and I was like oh, are you watching the crown I watched the crown oh my god but you weren't watching it in the sense of like oh my god these people are amazing no did you see that John Oliver interview he did with Stephen Colbert like two three years ago yeah where he was like what's she, she like, what she doing this is yeah, these people have no job <laughs> he's like they're, they're basically well grinders is what you call them yeah. like in no uncertain terms but even like on that interview with Oprah where she was like there's this weird mix where they're really terrified of becoming because they know that the media like are going to destroy them. and the paparazzi's yeah. control yeah. the the narrative yeah. and of everything so, and like she was saying like all of the like I didn't know this but she was like the Daily Mail and not the Daily Mail but like the Mirror and all of those like rhyming yeah. newspapers they hold their Christmas party at the Buckingham Palace of course they do and Buckingham Palace hosts it of course they do and I was like like they're all in bed together but like I was listening to uh, Hugh Grant was on Mark Maron last week exactly. I love Hugh Grant he was fucking hilarious he's, he's so, so funny so funny he was on Mark Maron last week and Mark Maron laughed for an hour and a half and you don't hear Mark Maron laugh like that he's so funny oh he's a morose motherfucker but he was talking about how obviously the the government in England hate him and the press hate him because yeah. he started that organisation yeah um, to make the press more accountable for their behaviour and he was saying that um, they bugged his car they bugged his house yeah uh, they knew where he was at all times. Yeah. They not only bugged his mobile phone, they bugged his house phone. They put cameras outside his house to watch him. And he said that um, the government are refusing to do anything about it because the press basically have the government over a barrel. Because yeah. the press picks who's in charge in that country, yeah. who's in power. And he was like, the press are, or the government are so terrified of the newspapers in England that they won't do anything to disparage or destroy mm-hmm. them he was like we have evidence actual evidence to prove what these people are doing and the damage they are doing and the government won't do a single fucking thing about it so when the government are coming out about mental health mental health oh mental health mental health the UK government love using mental health is like a buzzword yet they're letting these cunts these tabloid cunts it's like leeches destroy Piranhas. people's lives and everybody seems to forget when Pierce Morgan was uh, tapping a dead girl's mobile phone yeah, a dead- that scene every time that motherfucker opens his mouth I would literally just say to him hey remember when you tapped a dead girl's mobile phone you fucking asshole like, like it's just every time he says anything I'm like why is this man on television I he don't should understand. be in jail like I don't understand why like, he's on TV and, people, and he does that thing he's like the woke brigade I hate him I hate him I hate him and every now and again he'll come out and say something that's like he'll say something about Trump Trump's an idiot or he'll come out and he, that time he went after G- Rudy Giuliani and everyone's like oh my god Pierce Morgan Pierce Morgan is buttering his own bread yes that's all Pierce Morgan is doing hope he gets herpes probably already has it do you know what else I find baffling about right but what? you know that other cunt that blonde haired Fucking, she got banned from Twitter. Katie Hopkins. Oh, that horse. He's no better. No better. But he's a full career. Yeah. He's on a, he was on national television. He was on IT. I didn't, because I don't pay any attention I to him. I don't pay attention to him. I ignore him. I don't care about his career. He tapped a dead girl's mobile phone. I don't care about him. Like, mm-hmm. I just don't care about him. But like, he was on like a national television program. Telling uh, female journalists to stand up because yeah. they were wearing mini skirts. And he wanted, she was like, it's a dress. Is it a dress? Yeah. Oh, and is it went, you ugly when, prick? I'm just paying you a compliment. I hate him. Is it? You know Nick, son of a cunt. I hate him. He is abhorrent. And some channel will pick him up and give I him a platform. I'll tell you what, this has been four hours of all just hating on him. Colin said, what can't say before he left? Oh, it's going to be an episode. It's going to be an episode. Sarah Jane about to go off. <laughs> 
And he was right. Okay, is that everything? Are you we doing? I rile you up. Look. <laughs> you do. Yeah. I'm so mad. I'm like your hype woman. Fucking <laughs> okay, um, Have you got? Take your bra off. I did take my bra off. Show them your hairy bush. I feel amazing now. Yeah. Women have hair in their vaginas, and we should. We should have hair in our vagina. Yeah, I don't have any hair on my vagina, but I get lots of hair in my vagina, and it will stay there, and it keeps me nourished. I think because I've gotten into the. I've gotten into the like rhythm. Listen, of not having it. Here's the thing. Do whatever you want with your body. I don't give a fuck what people do with their bodies. If you want to shave, shave. If you don't want to shave, don't want to shave. Blah, blah, blah. The problem is... There I, no, be, can, no one should have an opinion on it. Yeah, and it seems to be like... You say... We can say... Listen, if you don't want to shave, don't shave. If you want to shave, shave. But men are like... I hate hairy women. Yeah. Look at my hairy Mickey. Look at all the <laughs> hair on my arsehole. My arsehole is covered in hair. I shit and there's shit on my arsehole hair. And then I don't wash my arse because I think it's gay. But I don't want a woman to have a single hair under her fucking arm. <laughs> that's the problem yeah, that's the problem. the problem that is the problem anyway um, I like having hairy armpits <laughs> I shaved my armpits the other day and now they're refinitchy yeah mine are refinitchy and I was like why did I do this I was perfectly um, happy to not shave my armpits and then I did it no you're so tired you better come I like uh, hairy armpits anyway happy Christmas happy Christmas everybody sorry for <laughs> sorry for going off Con's gonna get about 10 minutes out of this Oh man, what a wonderful day in the Houston house. It's a beautiful day. Oh, I wonder who could be at the door. How are you, Bono? Edge, what's happening? Did you listen to that podcast I recommended to you? No, man. I've been too busy hammering nails into the soul of the tree of pain. Two feminists bitching on a podcast talking about murders. It's an interesting podcast. It's a podcast. One's from Longford, one's from the big schmuck. They started telling stories, now the internet is broke. Emma's got two cats, so you think you feel blessed, but she's in a bad mood because one of them is deaf. Stone deaf. Sarah Jane, Sarah Jane, can't say her second name Mainly cause her husband Graham don't want any of the blame Oh Oliver, Jack, oh Bella, oh Hades Be good for your mammies cause they're two scary ladies They go around looking for men after dark So be careful if you're hanging around the Liffey Valley car park Cause it's all about the matriarch they're looking for young fellas, looking for creeps They grab them and they throw them in the back of Sarah's Jeep And they pull out their fucking teeth My, my, my men are scum All men are scum Let's castrate all the cunts of 